Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 44 of the A1 Auto Body Podcast with me, your host, Nick Sands. Today I'm talking with Marlene from Big Ocean Design, located in Hawaii. She is an incredible artist, as well as a teacher in the local community college, teaching all about um, paint and auto repair and auto body and whatnot. Um, I would definitely suggest go check her out on Instagram. If you like this podcast, do me a favor and leave me a uh, review. It would mean the world to me, and it really helps me out a lot if you do. Um, other than that, enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the A1 Auto Body Podcast with your host, Nick Sands. Today, I'm talking to Marlene Spence of Big Ocean Design all the way from Hawaii. How are you doing today, Marlene? Wonderful. How are you, Nick? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So Marlene is an incredible airbrush artist. She's a pinstriper. She does, like, all kinds of beautiful custom work. Um, And then on top of that, as if doing all of that isn't enough, she's also the local school community college's teacher for auto body and paint. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Was that was that correct? Yeah, that's correct. You're coming in like really kind of choppy. Oh dang. How about now? Still? No, that was clear. All right, let's just go. We'll just. I'm not even gonna worry about it. Let's just keep going. Okay. Okay. Let's push through. <laughs> <laughs> so you, um, like I was saying, you do all kinds of. Uh, custom work, and then you're also the teacher at a local community college? Yes. And yes. I say local community college, but when, like, I read the title Honolulu Community College, it's mm-hmm. like, it sounds so exotic. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I guess so. But, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's in the middle of kind of an industrial area so there's nothing exotic about it next to a dirty <laughs> canal it's, <you> know. <laughs> it's funny because i feel like so sometimes when new hampshire is portrayed on like a good example is the have you ever seen the tv show breaking bad no but i've heard of it <laughs> there's this there's this part where this guy walter white is supposed to be hiding out in manchester or not in manchester he's in new hampshire and like they show a picture of like a, a log cabin covered in snow in the woods. And I'm uh-huh. like, that's literally what everybody thinks all of New Hampshire looks like. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> so, like, I feel like anything in in Hawaii, we probably picture, like, beautiful, tropical, like, um, paradise. And then we forget about the places that are, like, the industrial park and the, you know, the major city and the... That right. Kind of, it's funny the how we traffic. Have... <laughs> Is there a lot of traffic? Yeah, well, it's been pretty good lately because the COVID, but <laughs> normally it's pretty bad. I would imagine it would be worse because everybody's there, but they're not, like, from there, so nobody knows where anything is. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's driving around looking at street signs, trying to figure out where they are, you know? Yeah, it's like everything starts with a K and has a bunch of A's in it, and they can't decipher <laughs> one street from the other, right? <laughs> um. So let's just get right um, back to where you, how did you get started in the industry? Well, I got started in the industry 
back in 97. And I was actually an art major. And through high school and you know college, I was taking art. And then I decided that I probably wasn't going to do much with an art major. And I started really getting into cars and motorcycles. So I would walk by the, uh, the auto body shop. is right in the, the entrance of the campus. So I decided, oh, maybe I'll switch to auto body. Plus, I had a, a 69 Dart I just picked up. And my friend was into auto body, so I'd go watch him work on my car at the shop and stuff. And I was like, this is really, this looks like fun. I want to do this. And I want to custom paint and put pretty colors. And But now I need to learn how to, you know, work with the substrates and the materials. So I switched my major. That's so cool. What a cool, uh, what a cool little path that is. It must have, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really is. Uh, like, I think... There's not, there's so much overlap between art and cars and like the work we do. I mean, oh, not yeah. me, but certainly, certainly you, the artwork that you produce. But like, I just feel like there's people downplay the overlap between art and automotive all the time. Yeah, it's, it is downplayed, but it's huge. I mean, it's like sculpting, painting, you know, the, the illusion of it all, the wells, like everything is an art form. And, you know, cars are beautiful. Anyway, so <laughs> their art itself. They really, they really are. Um, when you see, when you see a nice car or a nice truck going down the road, like I don't care who you are, no nobody nobody doesn't turn their head once in a while when they see a real sharp sharp car driving down the road. Oh yeah, they're like, ooh, look at that, or like, look at that paint, and you know, everyone gets excited. So. They're designed. They're I mean, they're so they're designed from that like their first conception, you know, to attract the eye and um yeah there's like just something about them especially like you know a lot of the different eras of cars they all have like a different kind of appeal you know what i mean oh yeah <laughs> what yeah. kind of, what kind of cars do you see mostly out there is it mostly new old is it is it like what oh, you would i guess it's mostly mostly newer cars like on the street you know like everyday cars but there's a uh, there's a lot of old cars here, a lot of car clubs, um, a lot of muscle cars, a lot of hot rods, you know, the weekend warriors and stuff, but you don't, you don't see them every day like you used to. Like when I first started going to college or taking auto body, then I started really noticing, you know, cars were out there on the road. There was tons of old Mustangs and like darts, like what I have and bunch of old stuff but now when you see him it's like a treat like oh crap that guy's actually driving his old muscle car his hot rod on the street it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> That's New Hampshire too because New Hampshire winters are so rough nobody everybody's cars just fall apart and deteriorate after a while oh do they salt the roads up there in we, the winter time a lot of we've salt the roads a lot up here oh man or we can't drive <laughs> oh man. wow but you guys must have a salt issue there too, as far as like paint and, and metal is concerned, because you're right on the ocean. Oh yeah, we salt the air. We just throw <laughs> salt. In. No, it's That's, yeah, it's there's it's, a lot of rust. It's just salted. Everything must rust super fast over there. Yeah, once it's open, uh, you can just watch it flash rust <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that must be that must be so mm-hmm. fun. especially like you know you you work all day on something and then you get it down to bare steel and then it's been all day. So you got to go home and then you're just thinking at your house, just thinking about all that oxidation happening. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And like when I have the, 
of the first semester of the students working on some panels and I was like make sure you etch it because when you come back after the weekend it's going to be rusty so of course you know some of them listen some of them don't and you come back and it's like oh god <laughs> it's rusty already and nothing's like inside a building enclosed and it's still going to rust by the way yeah and it must have been climate controlled too like your climate control building mine no no Oh geez, they're not. They don't even give AC over there. No, everything's open here because we have the trade winds. There's a, there's no AC. Oh God! <laughs> no. In the classroom. Paradise where the AC was everywhere. I wish we keep telling the students. Yeah, after you guys graduate, we're gonna AC the shop. They're like, really? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, how did you actually get the job teaching there? Uh, well, I applied for it first, you know, so I did, you know, put my resume up and, um, I've been patiently waiting for a position to open up for pretty much ever since I graduated. Not like, not like I would have been a teacher right then, but I always wanted to go back and teach because it changed my life. So I want to be able to have that impact on other students. So I just waited and finally the instructor was ready to retire. And, you know, he kind of gave me a little heads up, like, hey, ready to retire, put your resume in, make sure <laughs> it's going to come up. So I did, did everything, you know, uploaded all my certificates, whatever I had to do, crossed my fingers, and luckily they picked me out of, you know, I don't know how many people applied, but it was great, great opportunity. That is, that's a fantastic opportunity, especially because... You know, the industry as a whole is kind of in a bit of a bind right now with the lack of tax and the lack of, you know, people coming out of school, people getting into the industry in general. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important that the people who are coming into the industry are getting the opportunity, you know, right out of the gate to be good and, and to get strong teaching and um, kind of instruction that is going to carry them through those first couple of years. Right. Are you seeing yeah. any kind of uh, what, what direction do you see the industry going as far as like new techs coming in? Mm, like, like do you, like do you see it, is does it do the kids coming in seem as though they are excited? Do you notice more kids coming in? Um, do you notice uh, well? Look, well, see this. I guess this past year which I didn't know until after they had registered they were told like there might not be a class right so I don't know how many kids actually would have enrolled or how many that scared away so and the ones that I did get were more like I want to work on my car like I want to learn how to do a restoration job I'm like no <laughs> Like, I can teach you that, like, after you do what the industry needs, because our job here is to put you out as techs into these shops that need technicians that need to know how to work on the cars of today, not 20 years ago, because that's not going to fly. And if I teach you that, I'm not doing the industry or you any service. So they kind of got it. If you get ahead, you know, finish all your stuff, and then we can work on your stuff. And actually, you know, we had a list of, what everyone wanted to do on the personal side, but then COVID happened, so so that list got erased oh, for this year. <laughs> yeah. What 
are the kids going to have to redo the school year or anything, or what's going to happen with that? No, actually, we got really lucky, and last year at SEMA, we were able to take the whole class to SEMA, and I hooked up with Charlie Robertson and Amber from Collision Career Institute, and they got us on that, it's like an online, like a management system for education, and it links to ICAR, so then we got ICAR as well, because we didn't have ICAR at the college, and uh, everything they, they could do through CCI, they could log in through there, go straight to ICAR, take all their classes, and they could upload photos of their skills. So everything they did hands-on, they would like, take a picture, take a picture. You know, just keep taking pictures of everything you do, upload it, and as you get better, you can upload your better photos and yeah. show that your skill has developed. So we were able to use that platform and get them through, and luckily, because the first semester we didn't have ICAR, and it was just kind of like, okay, just teach these points however you like, but make sure you touch all these points. So we had choke, choke hands-on time in the shop because I thought that was more valuable than book time because they don't have a shop at home. They don't have the tools at home. So <laughs> that kind of worked out because after spring break, they were all online, which was only... March, April, the end of March, April, and then some of May. And that whole first semester and the beginning of the second semester, they had all hands-on. So it just, just worked out really well. Yeah, that's really nice. Especially, I mean, three months doesn't sound like a lot, until you, but when you consider, you know, it's only a two-year course, I'm guessing. Well, it's actually only one year and a summer. <laughs> yeah, it's not even a two-year course. Oh, well then, that's even worse that's even worse than I thought it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> it it used to be a two year course, and it's still listed as a two year course, but the uh the industry because of the shortage of techs, I think about five or six years ago, a bunch of people from the industry got together with the college and they did a DACUM D A C U M report. I don't really know what it means, but um I attended that as well and kind of decided, like, this is what the students coming out of the program need to know to be hireable. And they kind of changed changed the, I guess, the time limit because it, now it's one year, so two semesters plus a summer internship, six weeks, that they have to complete. And if they get fired or, you know, quit, then they're not going to graduate too. So, but luckily, I, the ones that are continuing on for the summer, they're all doing well, and they only have a week left, and then they'll be graduated with a certificate. I definitely think that that, that in-shop time and, like, the, especially that internship, that must really um, kind of speed things up because, you know, you're going from kind of, like, the theoretical side or, like, the – I mean, you're doing hands-on stuff, but, like, it, there's no time limit. There's no, nothing like that happening, you know what I mean? Or I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. so, like, being in the shop and seeing the actual pace of a shop and actually getting, right. you know, time in the shop when you're maybe dealing with a manager instead of a teacher. And those kinds of things probably play into um, kind of being able to speed up your education a little bit. Yeah. And I, well, yeah, that and, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. It helps. And we do like surprise visits to make sure they're working and observe them and talk to 
you know, the other employees that they're, you know, the shops that they're working at, talk to the manager and like, how are they doing? And they'll be like, give us pointers, like, hey, they need to like jump in more and not be scared or, oh, no, this guy's doing super good. And so I, th- I think it's helping. And then they see the pace. Yeah, like the fast pace and they really understand the importance now of bagging and tagging hardware, which, you know, during <laughs> school time, they're like, I'm like, where's all the hardware? Like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, okay, guys. Come on. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep quiet on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, one interesting thing that so I listened to your podcast on the night shift and something interesting you said was that like your curriculum kind of spans everything from custom painting all the way to like being a shop manager. And I thought that part was really interesting. Like, how do you prepare someone to be a shop manager? Uh, well, I personally don't do it, but I bring in guest speakers. So okay. what I did and what I thought was important was for them to meet people that are in the industry as far as shop owners, shop managers, production managers, insurance guys, whoever it is that is willing to take the time to speak with the students and then build their relationships. So they'll teach whatever I don't really know about because I just come from the jobber side, so I don't know how to manage a shop, you know, other than my own little custom shop I had, which is completely different from collision shops. I would just want to interrupt you there and say I think you're being extremely humble um, because <laughs> you're you're definitely a lot more than just a jobber. <laughs> <laughs> like a super work, that's just a, that was pretty much just a lie that you just told. Oh. Okay, well, thank you. <laughs> You're definitely more than yeah. just a just a girl who who goes around and sells tape. You're a lot more than that, and I I think uh, yeah, okay, you're working well, for you. on that aspect. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the only thing I can teach them is what I know, right? And and because I have a good relationship with the shops, and like as far as the paint system, we've been with. DuPont and Exalta, mostly what I've been working with and like the cost tracking and how to track your jobs and like I can teach them certain things that I would teach as a jobber, like on the jobber side, like how to track and mix on the scale, you know, how to apply it to the RO so that they get, the shop gets reimbursed for it, that kind of stuff that when it gets really deep into it, I have to bring someone in from the industry and which is a huge help because they're not going to always want to listen to the teacher anyway. I know, I know that before when I before I was teaching there, I was a, a guest speaker, or I would come in and do like, hey, we're going to airbrush today, or we're going to talk about plastic repair system today, or whatever it was. And I know that when a guest speaker comes in, the students are more willing to pay attention. It's like when trying to listen to your parents or listen to someone else. Basically. It's kind of like that. <laughs> They're tired of hearing my voice, but they'll listen to the guy coming in or the woman, whoever's coming in, and give them their attention. And then plus, you know, when I was there, it was – when I was a student there, I should say, I was terrified to have to go meet people and work in a shop for the first time. Extremely terrifying. So – if I can bring these people in and they build the relationships, they're already comfortable, so it's an easier transition for them, and they don't have to go in as a complete stranger, you know? That's a good point, too. Um, just, like, the more people you know, the more you network, the more you get a chance to actually talk to people, 
that are in this in the industry, the more that those kids are gonna kind of see that is not so scary, you know? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, they might get too scared and just I'm gonna go do something else. I'll be honest, going to a new shop, even for someone who is experienced, can be intimidating. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, totally. I luckily I've never needed to go to a second shop, but like I know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Family owns the shop, so they're kind of stuck with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I know even just you know you go and visit another shop and you know stuff's not where you need it, not stuff's not where you're used to it being, and everything is different. And, you know. Oh yeah. Poises and the smells and the, all the everything. Nothing is the same from shop to everything shop. Everything is different. Yeah, even like as a jobber, sometimes we would have to go in and, you know, like, hey, my painter's going to be on vacation. I need some cars painted. Can you help out? So we would have to go. But then when you're in a foreign environment, even though you've been there, you haven't worked in it. So it's like, okay, where's this? Where's that? Like, how do you turn the booth on? Where, everything's different. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just it's just chaos. Do you find the teaching um, easier or more difficult than than the artwork that you do? Oh, it's definitely more difficult because the artwork, it's just me and my thoughts or me and my music. (laughs) Just, Just going off and, you know, doing what I do, which, you know, that comes naturally. And the teaching... Teaching is probably, I guess, because I did work at a job for so long, it kind of comes naturally, but it's at a different level because it's so beginner and basic stuff that I'm teaching. Uh, sometimes I ha- it's hard to dumb it down because you forget how how hard it was to understand when you first met, you know? Does that make oh. sense? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> sometimes I, I got to really break it down and I'm like, I can I... Am I not saying it clear? But then I got to remember, like, they don't know anything when they first start. Like, they don't even know what a DA is, you know. And to go that far back to basic, simple stuff can be difficult. It's funny you just said that because, like, when new people start at the shop, you know, we end up, we, when we get new people at the shop, they're generally people who are, you know, very new that we, that Mm -hmm. we, um, and, like, explaining, you know, you, you, you're used to talking a certain way and using certain lingo and stuff. So, like, you say DA, and then they look at you like, okay. But they don't, they're too uh, afraid to say they don't know what it is. They right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to become apparent at some point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, go prep that panel, sand the primer. But I'm not telling them, sand the primer till all the texture's gone, use guide coat. Like, breaking it all down into the basic steps, and then I go back and check. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Use three like, points. <laughs> Use three. Two. What grid is this? This looks like eighty grit scotches. Like, oh my gosh. Okay, let's start from the very beginning. <laughs> Isn't it hilarious when I think back? Like, I can I can now recognize the difference between like thirty six, eighty, one eighty, three twenty, just by looking at it. Like, yeah, you can see it, and then they'll be like, "No, I didn't." Like, yeah, you did. I know exactly <laughs> what that is. <laughs> you know how many times I've done that? <laughs> Or like understanding too. I remember the first shop I worked in. I had to prep, and I was sanding something small, it was like a spoiler. And it took me two hours to prep this thing. And the guy's like, "You know, you're supposed to be able to do that in half an hour." I'm like, "That's impossible." Like, I'm working so hard. Like, how the hell is it even possible to do this in half an hour or less? 
and then then you figure it out as you go on like oh okay it's like nothing and then the students you know you get them from where you were in the beginning and it's like oh man I was there once so it's okay <laughs> yeah sometimes it's sometimes it's hard to remember what it was like to be there you know you you it is you have to be patient obviously and uh yeah patient and especially is. for you you're a teacher so that's a completely different thing but like sometimes when you're working with somebody who's new you know and you have to just kind mm -hmm. of remember they're new like i was there once too when everything mm -hmm. we're trying everybody's trying to go as fast as they can we got to get this prepped and painted by you know the end of the day and they're over there prepping a spoiler for two hours <laughs> you gotta, right you gotta bring it back in and remember that they, they yeah <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Do you, um, when you like think back to when you first started, um, what was the kind of atmosphere around like women in the shop and stuff? I know that, you know, obviously oh. it's been a little while. Um, yeah. It started in 97. Was it unusual or? Very unusual. That is still unusual. There's hard, there's hardly anybody here. There's, um, I mean, I could count on one hand or less how many women are actually on the floor in a shop, whether, you know, painting or, like, body. Not not the office, of course, because that's tons of women in the office. But there's, you know, I would always hear, like, hey, you're the only one. You're the only one. Hey, the girl, the girl, because everyone knew me as, the, oh, that's the girl. That's the girl, you know, and... <laughs> More and more, I know there's tons on the mainland because I see them on the social media, which is great. It's freaking awesome. And I'm hoping that we can get more. But, you know, when the high schools come and I, they do like a little shop tour and tell them, like, I was a student here. Now I'm teaching. And you guys can get a non-traditional grant, apply for that. They'll pay for your school. Like, just come and try it because you might love it. You know, you might hate it, but you might love it but no one can take this skill away from you now. So just try it. That's uh, do, do you find yourself having to sell the program um, when you're meeting kids? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. You said something on, again, I don't mean to keep bringing this up, but you said something on the Night Shift podcast, which everybody should go watch for my boy Alejandro. You can see my episode there too. Um, you said something that a lot of times is, the kids will be interested, but the parents will steer them away. Yeah. Yeah, so we saw that at a career fair at a high school, and the kids, you know, kids love cars. Who doesn't love cars? And they're like, oh, look, I want to check out this auto body booth. And the parent, you know, mom or dad, mostly it was the moms, are you sure you want to do that? Like, let's <laughs> go over here. Let's, You know, they kind of steer them away, and we try pulling them, like, hey, come, come check it out, you know. Yeah. And the, you can see the look on the parents' face, like, I don't want my kid getting dirty, sanding cars. Like it, and we try to sell it as it's not sanding cars getting dirty. There's so much more to it now. Like, you could be on the computer all day and stay clean. It's fine. And make tons of money and be great at it, you know. So it's selling it to the parents uh, and uh, maybe some of the older kids. It's not a garage. It's not garage type stuff anymore. I mean that it's still there. You still got to do the dirty work, but there's so much more to it. Yeah, there is a lot to it that I think people, a lot of people don't understand. Um, mm -hmm. 
especially for just kind of the passerby. I mean, I'm always filthy when I leave work, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And then my, you know, my dad, he's the main painter, so his, his, he's always wearing his overspray mask, you know. <laughs> he wears the respirator, so he has like the, you know, the paint around the eyes. It looks like yeah. the, the Robin mask from Batman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it definitely, it can definitely appear that way. Um, but I, I think that there's definitely more, or I would like to think there's more to it than just, you know, being a whatever i don't know I, and i don't really even know why the industry has that kind of um oh yeah i don't know i think i think you know it's like unless it's marketed cool. differently it's always going to be looked at as the same way <laughs> but cars have always been so cool like it's not like it's not like i don't know like mining coal mining coal nothing oh, oh, coal. there's nothing glamorous <laughs> There's, not, there's no way to spice that up to make it seem fun, you know what I mean? Or like, right. Or like even even something like an electrician, which is a really cool job, but like it's not as fun as working on cars. Like you know, like cars oh, are just yeah. super cool. I don't understand yeah. why there's kind of like that bad stigma around them. Everybody has a car. Right. Four ten. Like we've got like six cars in our household, <laughs> and only two of us drive. But. <laughs> I made the coolest looking cars on the block too. (laughs) (laughs) But like I know I never I never understood why that was or why you kinda got that um Yeah. I don't know if it's maybe they have a perception that it's not a well well paying industry or you're just gonna work and be like you know, in the I don't know when it was when the everything switched from blue collar to white collar. Like you're going to make more money in a white collar job, which is not necessarily true. But, you know, the parents always like, oh, you should be a doctor. You should be a lawyer. You should do this or be a dentist. And it's like, why not work on cars? I mean, they're, they're so, so tech, technology, like advanced technology <laughs> with sensors and cameras. There's, it's a computer on wheels. It's, you're right. working with a computer that you can drive, which is freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I mean, especially, like, even just thinking back, like, look at, like, guys like Chip Foose and, you know, Ed Roth and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Dean. Who is that pinstriper? Dean something. He was a famous pinstriper. You know, there's, like, a, a bunch of, like, famous guys who worked on cars. I don't know. I never really got why why it had so much stigma around it. But it does. But yeah, those those old guys like Ed Roth and Von Dutch and all of them, just they're amazing. Dean Jeffries. (laughs) Dean Jeffries. That's the guy I was talking about. Yeah. Um, What did your parents think when you told them you were switching from their? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so in in high school, like I mentioned, I was an art student. I was not allowed to take auto shop because. My mom was like, no, that's not for <laughs> girls, that's for boys. And even if you do that, you can't do it as when you, women, aren't, women aren't made to work like that. I'm like, oh, okay. But I want to take auto. No, you're not taking auto. So, of course, right out of high school, okay, well, I'm going to take go to an art school because that's all I can do, art or music. And so when I finally switched over, my dad, you know, at that time, I was 23, because I went to college for one semester right out of high school, and then I was like, I don't like it. And then I took a couple years off, and then I 
went to HCC where I'm at now, and I was taking art for like a year, and then I switched to auto body. So he he was supportive because you know he had old cars back in the day. He grew up in New York, and uh, I had the Dart at the time, so he was starting to kind of get back into it. He bought an old Corvette, so he understood the car infatuation. <laughs> however. However, <laughs> my mom did not understand, like, there's no way in hell. Look at your hands. They're dirty. Your hands are cracking. There's paint everywhere. It smells. It's dusty. <laughs> like, she's like, no. And it took a while. It really took a while. I, she's completely turned around now. She's so proud of me. But it took years to get her to understand that this was actually good for me. <laughs> Well, that's good. Was there was there a turning point where she really said like I was wrong or anything like uh, that? Oh, it could you have been what? just just like last year when I got the teaching position. <laughs> 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 like, well, you're a teacher now. I can brag to my friend, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like every even my my auntie over here, her sister, they're uh, my mom and they're all from Japan. My mom's side of the family, so they all live here. All the siblings and. She would scold me because my hands were dirty or cracked or dry or rough. And, and now she's like, I'm so proud of you with your teaching. I'm like, wow, you've never said that before. <laughs> now it's okay. <laughs> well, probably than never, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> so were you born in uh, – you said your dad is from New York and your mom is from Japan? Yeah, from she's from Okinawa. A small island itself. So my dad was in the Navy, and after his second Vietnam tour, he was stationed in Okinawa. Met my mom. I was born there, on base. So I was born as a uh, what do you call it? My birth certificate says something about U.S. born on foreign soil. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> different. Born abroad, birth abroad, or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And then did you move to Hawaii? I moved to Hawaii in 1988, so my dad was still active duty, so we lived all over the world. We lived in the Philippines, we lived in Sicily, we lived in Guam, we lived in Virginia for a little bit, and Washington State, so we're always, you know, where the coast is or on an island in another country. And then in 88, he came here and then eventually retired here because my mom's family is all here so everyone's together <laughs> that's awesome yeah. does he miss new york at all no no uh <laughs> everyone moved down to jersey so we got half of them in jersey i think one's in florida one's in colorado they kind of all the siblings kind of split up so but i took my son to jersey two or three years ago and he loved it i was like look at all the cousins you have here that you didn't even know you had like tons of them <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your son? Is your what is your son about you being an artist in a you know in the car industry? Is it something that he hopes to emulate, or is it he going kind of the uh, well? So he does art and music too, just like I do. <laughs> and I try to get him out here to do car stuff with me, and he's like, nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Well, he just turned 14, so we'll see. Maybe. I mean, when he was younger, I'll say when he was six, 
six or seven, I, you know, dress them up. Here, put the, put my full face on, put the, the, what you call paint suit on, go in the booth, he'd go in the booth with me when he was younger, but now he's like, nah, he's a teenager. <laughs> Isn't it funny? I feel like, I feel like, you know, no matter who you are or how cool you are or whatever, like, your kid's never going to be impressed by you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> James kids, you know, uh, Bruce Springsteen kids probably are just like, uh, yeah. yeah. Playing one of the again. Right. <laughs> it's weird how, uh, weird how that is. And it's like universal across all, all cultures. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> they roll their eyes at their parents no matter what. Yep. <laughs> yep. One thing I wanted to talk about is your artwork is not only is it beautiful, but it's oh. very original for cars. At least I think I haven't seen, um, you know, it has so much Hawaiian influence. Um, and I think, you know, you being a woman, like, definitely comes across, like, through your artwork. Like, um, and I just think it's really beautiful. You know, you like, you make these beautiful um I watched a video you did where you were pinstriping a flower. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I just feel I just feel like um you know, it's very original and it's not something you see on a lot of cars, you know. I think a lot of times you see like you know, bombs and you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh okay, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I no, I, just, I guess I, I don't see it. You guys can see it cuz you're looking, you know, outside looking in, so I mean, that's Thank you. This is very, very fine. At least from what I can, from what I have seen, it's very distinct and it's. I feel like it's very, just influenced by Hawaii and and having grown up there. It's just very different than what I see. Like you said, it's probably just because like I'm on the outside and. Um, yeah. Well, I mean that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> well, I like color. You know, I like to use a lot of color, so. I like yeah, to be vibrant. Like, and kind of how that plays into a lot of your work and um, all of that. When you do your art, are you doing like commission work where people ask you for things or are you kind of doing what you do and then selling it? Um, doing commission work. So someone will ask me, you know, can you paint my motor? Can you pinstripe my motorcycle? Can you, yeah, and they'll be like, I'll say, okay, so what kind of pinstriping do you like? Do you like the circus scrolly type or do you like the old school kind? Because, you know, whatever their bike is set up like, they're going to want it to match. And they just kind of tell me what they like and they'll, I'll ask them if they have colors in mind. And then um, if I don't really agree with them, I'll be like, well, what do you think about this color? <laughs> what do you think about this color? <laughs> or like, what if we throw in this color? And they'll, usually they're like, yeah, yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> and they're just letting me just just go do your thing. I'm like, okay. So kind of most of the time it goes like that. And then I have like odd jobs that I'll do that are like real specific, like a football logo or, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, right. Okay. Which, you know, it's extra side money, but it's not the most fun to do, but it's something. I still get to work on a skill that I love doing. So <laughs> <laughs> You also do beautiful gold leaf work. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, this is just, just going to be complimenting you for the next 20 minutes, so get ready. Thank you, thank you. I'm blushing. Can't see it, but I am. <laughs> um, I, 
so I just went over to your page just because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't um, making up what I was saying about, <laughs> about um, like the Hawaiian influence stuff. And I, there's this, the video I had watched is you had put gold leaf down and then you were painting a flower on top of the gold leaf. Does that sound gold leaf down. Is a video like on glass? On your Instagram. Um, no, it's on a, it's, it looks like it's on metal. I don't know. It's like a super close up of, I don't know. Anyways, it's very pretty and you did such a good job of it. And it's like, um, like symmetrical and like, it's perfect. I don't know. You just like, you can definitely see that like you're an artist first. You know what I mean? Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. I'll stop complimenting you now. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> or like you did the dog. You oh, is it the rose? That looks perfect. That looks like a, a live dog. I thought it was just a picture of your dog. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was actually, that was difficult because it was the inside of a hard hat, so the curve, so I had to, like, what? fit. Yeah, that's the inside, like, underneath the hard hat. Oh, my so, God. How did you that's paint? That's for um, my friend's wife. She works at the shipyard. She's a rigger, so the outside of the hard hat is the safety yellow, and but she loves blue, so she wanted that Mariners, I think that's a baseball team, maybe, uh, blue on the inside and that's their dog so they sent me photos of their pet and then they brought the pet over so i could meet him her her name is keon and she's a cutie pie miniature husky i guess and <laughs> that's what they wanted inside the hard hat i was like okay sure it looks so cool because i didn't realize that it was like so you were painting on a concave surface but it still looks or convex concave yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> You were painting on the one that goes away from you, but it looks like the dog is still... It's coming to... <laughs> like, it doesn't look as if it's, like, following the concave, which I can't even imagine how that's possible, but you somehow did it, so way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get a lot of stuff like that where you're doing, like... And then, like, this this ridiculous bald eagle uh, oh. that looks like you peck your face off? Like, oh, my it? gosh. That eagle is for, his name is Steve Broberg. He works for Exalta at the at Yada, the computer, the people that do the computer programming and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So he came over many years ago and was teaching a class for a profit net. And I was like, wow, how come he's limping? And he's like, oh, I have a prosthetic leg. One day I'll send it to you and you can paint it. I'm like, yeah, sure. And then finally, years later, he finally sends it. I'm like, holy crap, what do you want on here? He's like, an eagle. I love eagles. I was like, oh, okay. Let's, let's, let's do it. <laughs> and you even made, it looked like you even made a little rig for it to stand it up. Yeah, well, one of my, one of my uh, escapes from auto body for maybe about nine months, you know, sometimes you try to get away, but you can't. It was, uh, I was a plumber for a while. Oh, really? I have a lot of copper pipe laying around. Yeah. <laughs> How did you, did you just, that's such a strange transition. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I was, uh, I know I've had some weird odd jobs. Like I worked at Pearl Harbor Shipyard too. I was painting submarines and inside the ballast tanks and needle gunning. It was crazy. That's and, awesome. uh, I went to Oregon to be, well, I went to Oregon to move away from Hawaii to see if I could learn more. So I ended up at a big jobber up there, industrial finishes. And then 
when I came back, because I missed home, I was up there for four years, my uncle, who had a plumbing company at the time, said, why don't you just come plumb with me? I'm like, done. Get me out of auto body. <laughs> so I tried it. And then what happened was when the place that I was working, prior Highline distributors, found out I was back on the island, they searched wide and low, and they baited me back and got me back into auto body. <laughs> Which, you know, worked out because I was a tech rep, so I would do, I would plumb air systems so I could solder in their pipes for them. So I was like, well, perfect. It's a skill I needed to know anyway. <laughs> I'm, uh, I know that you tried to dodge it, but I'm going to make you go back and talk about it. How the hell did you get a job painting submarines? They, oh, it was through the school. Like there's a, uh, <laughs> through a, like a program. <laughs> Like, there's a partnership with Pearl Harbor Shipyard. They like to hire out of Honolulu Community College. So they have, like, all the different trades, like, whether you're, like, a seam, the people that sew seamstress, seamster, whatever. Like, you can go and sew, like, the tarps and the canvases and all that stuff. So if you were an auto body or you could go to the paint department, you know, if you were in metal or welding, you could go to, like, pipe fitters. And So that's how I ended up there, and I tried that for – Six months, great experience. How Never big? Never do it again. <laughs> How big a submarine is? Oh, the you submarine I was working on was Matt. It was like one of the biggest ones. It was a USS Key West nuclear sub. The huge one. How do you paint it? Is it just like do you hang off the side of it or what? Oh, well, no, I didn't have the outside painting job. I had the inside painting job. So the uh, stuff that you can't see is like brush and roll and. Oh, it's not like. A gun? No, not even with a gun. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like that. I don't know. I've never done you it. Gotta, you got to climb into a. It's a. You know, the ballast tank's how it goes up and down. So it's like all these. These, it's like a big jungle gym, basically. You're climbing inside the submarine where the water fills up so the sub can go down, and it's all these nooks and crannies and platforms, and you're you're climbing as far as you can go till you get to the very top. And you know, because me and another girl out of my class, we were the smallest one, we got to go into the little tiny compartments <laughs> where you would you would have to like go in one arm up and then kind of squeeze your other shoulder in, and you couldn't turn. You had to use a mirror. Well, and, I, like, needle I, gun. I it wouldn't. Crazy. There's no way I could fit in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't have to go in there anyway because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't fit in there now, trust me. <laughs> look at me. Hey, you should probably stick to painting the outside. Oh, my God. It was nuts. But, you know, it was a great experience because when, when are you going to ever get a chance to do something like that? No way, that's so yeah. cool. I'm jealous. I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> what what advice would you give to people who are coming in or who are considering coming into this industry? Oh, uh, well, if you know something that they really want to do, stick with it. Don't get frustrated and you know, don't worry about the old grouchy men that might chew you out and that's just, you know, never mind anyone else. You just do you and you do it the best you can and stick to your guns and you're going to be successful. Old grouchy people are just part of the auto body industry. <laughs> you yeah. 
They don't <laughs> exist, right? <laughs> no, you can't, there's no such thing as a body shop without a crabby guy. <laughs> no, totally. And, you know, I, I teach that in class too. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to react or are you going to just, like, brush it off? Don't be reactive because now <laughs> you're just like that guy. So if you don't like it, then just ignore him. Who cares? Yeah. Move on with your life. Yeah. I usually do is whenever they tell me, and, you know, whenever someone who's crabby tells me to do something, I just say, oh, good idea. And then I just do whatever I was doing anyways. That's usually my. Mm-hmm. That's usually that's my. That's a good one. <laughs> I like oh, that. Oh, that's a really good idea. And then <laughs> I feel good. I feel good. And then I can just do whatever I was going to do anyways. Yeah. <laughs> my boyfriend says, you should just say, that's a great suggestion. I'm like, oh. Yeah, no, okay. that's exactly what that's, I do. That's, that's a great idea. Yes, that's a great suggestion. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Wow, good point. Yeah. Sometimes I let them just go off, or not go off, but sometimes I will encourage them to to tell me what I'm doing wrong, to, like, get it out. Mm-hmm. Morning, you know what I mean? That way we can have yeah. a good day. Yeah. <laughs> Get it out now. Yeah, I'll just I'll be like, so what do you think about this? And then they'll give them the opportunity to tell me, you know, whatever. And then I can be like, okay, cool. Now we can yep. just have a good rest of the day. <laughs> there you go. Got that out of the way. <laughs> Is there anything that you wish you had known about the industry before coming into it um, now? Um, well... I don't know, because, I mean, everything's changed so much since when I started. It's completely different. What, kind of, like, what kind of things have changed? Like the, uh, you know, cars, how they're built and the, the types of metal and the sensors and the, you know, all that stuff. If I, maybe I would have paid more attention to the evolution of things. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But I don't I don't know if I would have really changed anything because even when I was in school, you know, they're like, hey, you want to learn how to pull frame? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. But now, like, it would have helped me more when I was a jobber because I was repping the car liner stuff and I would show guys, you know, how to rack a car and measure it. But I didn't know how to pull it necessarily. And, like, I think you got to pull it that way, but I don't know how much, like, if I had paid more attention to that, it probably would have helped me then, you know. And then, you know, 20 years later, I finally figured it out, and now I'm teaching. And if I knew more, I probably could teach a little better. But, you know, that's my goal, too, is just to stay learning all the time. And if I don't know, I'm going to ask somebody that knows. You only have to be a little bit better than the people you're teaching to be a good teacher. I know. <laughs> And then but kids are so smart nowadays. They have YouTube. I didn't have that when I was growing up. I always tell everybody, if you want to learn something, just go on YouTube. Yeah, that's how I learn. They're like, take the dash off. I'm like, okay, YouTube, here we go. Okay, I got it. This is, I promise you, this sounds like a lie, but I promise you it's not. I'm friends with a doctor, a surgeon. Okay. They watch YouTube videos for different ways to do surgery. Wow. That sounds unbelievable. But like, yeah. I was like, they were like, oh, a video of like a specific way to do whatever the heck he was talking about. And then I was like, oh, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like maybe that's kind of a weird thing. Do you want to elaborate on the fact that you're watching? Yeah. 
<laughs> surgery. Um, and he just said that like a lot of, I guess now a lot of like world-class surgeons share their surgeries online so that like everyone around the world can watch them and like learn. And that's, that's actually a, pretty amazing. It's such an amazing thing. Cause like, you know, even like 20, 30 years ago, you know, you would graduate from school and then you were pretty much on your own. Like unless you literally traveled places and like met people and stuff, but now right. you can do it, you know, at home when you're sitting on the couch, you can watch and learn and, and do more. And I just think that it really is amazing. And the fact that it like extends into something, even as like, you know, as amazing as surgery is so cool. That's super cool. Yeah, it's good. And, uh, that's how I fight the battle with my students in the phones because, you know, everyone's attached to it. So, like, if you want to be on your phone, you will use it for research. <laughs> you will research everything that you do. <laughs> and then you can have your phones in the lab. Simple. <laughs> when, they were do when they were working from home or, like, when they were sending pictures in from home, were they mm -hmm. able to, like, come to the shop and get supplies and then bring them to their house or anything? Or how did that work? No, see, a lot of them, I guess they must have had their supplies already, and we set them up with the jobber that I used to work at and gave them a pretty good student discount, too. And the only thing we gave them was we had uh, tons of panels that were donated from the Nissan dealership. So, like, everybody take a panel home, and this is your panel that you can work on. You know, be used up, do whatever you got to do. At least you have something, because otherwise, where are they going to get a panel to work on? Right. Like body panels? Mm -hmm. Like flat panels? Yeah, body body panels. Oh, Like brand cool. new. You know, like the ones that are damaged that the shops reject? Yeah. Yeah, the dealership will donate it to the school so the students can reject it some more. <laughs> Pound on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome, though. Do you, how do you, it sounds like you have a lot of, like, little deals like that. You know what I mean? Where, like. You know, people donate things, people donate tools and supplies and stuff. How do you set those relationships up? Uh, I've just from working as a jobber, dealing with all the vendors all these years, I mean, I basically have worked with every manufacturer line that any jobber would sell, so I, and all the people in the auto body industry, and I've been to all the shops, helping them with everything, so I pretty much it's like I know everybody, or if I don't, somebody does. And if I need something, there's always a way to get it. That's awesome. Yeah. And do you, so, like, that must help, because I'm sure that, like you were saying, like, it's not a super popular um, trade, right, that people are, like, signing up for. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm sure that, like, the budget that you're allocated probably isn't, like, massive. Like, I'm sure probably like mechanics probably get a bigger budget than you do, I would guess. Oh, yeah, my budget is very small. So <laughs> all the help that we get, whether it's from where I was working, whether it's from Todd, you know, Jobber, they donate, like, this is what I need. I need sandpaper. I need these grits because we're going to do this. And I'll email the association, and then they'll send it out to everyone, and then everyone pulls together to help out because they're just so supportive, which is – super awesome otherwise none of this would work because it's I mean if I train techs and get them to where they're hireable it's going to help them so they're helping me and it's just all full circle it's great yeah absolutely especially I mean the way things are the way things are going now like the future of auto body doesn't look doesn't look great in 30 years you know especially right. with people retiring 
um, within like the next 30, 40 years. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's great for me. (laughs) I'm always going (laughs) to, but I feel, uh, I feel like the future of the industry right now isn't looking great. And I really like, I would love to be able to kind of infuse the next generation or help the next generation figure out that like, this really is an awesome job. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it can be frustrating. It can be hard, um, but it's fun. <laughs> it is fun, and you get to work with all kinds of people. You know, you're not stuck in a little cubicle. Absolutely it's great. And I think even because like the cars is, if, if you think about like the cars are having car people are having a hard time. Like, there's even less people that work on trucks. Oh right. You know, so That's like even I, more stuff to sand. What? <laughs> oh, I don't know if you even know. I work on big trucks. I saw some of your pictures. Those things are awesome. Yeah, so we do like big truck work. So like, there's even less people that want to work on trucks. I, I think I feel like most people don't even realize that like trucks get painted and stuff. I think they just imagine <laughs> grow out of the earth somewhere looking like they do. I I don't know. They come that way. You just order the panel pre-painted. Yeah. I don't even think people think about trucks like that. Like I don't. I don't think people realize that, like, you can go to any, like, a truck dealership and buy a truck. Like, there's nothing stopping you. Anyone can do it, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. I think most people really honestly don't re- don't think about trucks or trucking at all or, like, how it affects them at all, even though it's, like, the most important industry on the planet right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's, like, the most invisible, like, taken for granted thing is, like, you know, the average person doesn't know what a Peterbilt is or, like, what an International is or what a Kenworth is or how – or the difference Oh, yeah. Those things are fun to hate, too. I did a few of those way back. I'm sorry. Big projects. I know. Yeah, I'm there compared to a submarine. Come on. <laughs> it's not as big as a submarine, right? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're already way above me. Don't even Don't even play. um well i guess that's all the questions i have for you today i really appreciate you coming on and talking with me oh thank you it was great i had a great time um is there any uh where can people find you online they can find me on facebook and instagram under big ocean design um and where can they find the school and learn more about the school School, oh, Honolulu Community College. You can just type that in and the website will come up and there's all kinds of information on the school. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Nick. And if I can ever do anything for you, please let me know. Okay, sure. Thanks, <laughs> Versa. We're, we're, I'm far away, so it's not going to be very quick, but I'll, I'll do my okay. best. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. Have a wonderful You too. Thank you, Nick. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and just leave me a review. Let me know what you thought. If you didn't like it, leave me a review. Let me know what you thought. If I suck, I want to know. Please tell me. Um, If you thought Marlene was cool and you want to learn more about her, you can find her on Instagram at Big Ocean Design. Go check her out. She's awesome. Thank you so much, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful day.